Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. First of all, I want to thank Terry for being on the last episode. It's uh, it's fantastic to know her. She has amazing experience and uh, very observant and clearly understands the level of corruption that's going on and uh, and the depopulation agenda that is well at hand here. There was a particular portion of that conversation, of course, where I had some other questions regarding a number of other things that ended up, uh, I, I basically ended up emailing her and asking her. And it turns out we're on the same wavelength. So she basically said, you've already said it on your show. There's really no reason for me to repeat it. And again, a lot of it has to do with the toxic blood from the jabbed and what they're experiencing and, and how that's all working out and how they're not paying attention to the fact that receiving blood from jabbed individuals is not a good idea. And then, of course, donating said blood to unjabbed people and even jabbed people is not a good idea. We are, we are certainly on the same wavelength of that. I also did this, and anybody can make this quick little search if you're interested, but I asked her very specifically, as I brought up, of course, in our conversation when I was talking about the amount of juice that's in the actual syringes themselves, and how I've observed this both visually, again, on, on video, and then, of course, there are numerous pictures that show this also, but there are different syringes that show different amounts of juice within them. If you do a basic internet search, and I don't necessarily recommend Google for obvious reasons, but if you pick any other search engine and you click on images and you search the, the title COVID syringes or COVID-19 syringes or COVID-19 shot taking or anything along those lines, you will see these individuals administering these shots. And one of the dead giveaways, of course, that it's, that it's an actual COVID shot as opposed to maybe something else from the past is because they're all wearing masks, including the shot recipient. But either way, if you zoom in on the actual syringe itself, you'll see some rather interesting things, I think. There's a few pictures that will show what look like retractable needles, as Terry stated that they do have retractable needles, that there are people who receive fake shots, either for a photo op or whatever it may be. But then there are visibly obvious needles that exist also. And then again, if you zoom in, what you may notice is, is that there is a different level of juice within some of the syringes as opposed to others. This is a problem. This is one of those things, again, that many people I don't think have paid attention to. We do know that We've seen numerous individuals receive these shots from a fake syringe or even just directly squirted onto the ground. Even Kim Carter has told those stories that people have done that, and, uh, and numerous individuals have done that uh, because, again, they, they were told that they had to take it but didn't want to take it. In fact, a friend of mine who has their daughter within a pediatric, uh, a pediatric office openly stated again that they didn't want to receive any kind of a shot of any kind of anything ever again, and they haven't received the COVID shots, but they were told to be administered this, whatever it was, some particular shot. And one of her friends, of course, who works in the office with her came in and, and shot it on the ground and said, there you go, you're vaccinated, and then threw the syringe away, and then that was it. So as far as the people that work with her are concerned, she, she took a, you know, a specific kind of shot, but didn't really. So I wanted to bring that to your attention too, that th those are things that are happening, and I'm not seeing a lot of people pay attention to that, 
Unfortunately, I'm still seeing the Steve Kirsches of the world continue to reference the Vayers report, and then he and his ghostwriters are are putting out substacks talking about Vayers. And, you know, well over 600,000 people in America are dead from the shots, so says Vayers. Well, Vayers is 1%, if that, of all the actual cases. Now, you can do that math, but you've heard me mention the number, as have insurance agents and countless other people, even overseas, that we're talking about over 200 million people dead from these shots already. And I have more jab-related things that I want to get to later, but I do want to bring this up because this is something, again, that, that's sort of gnawed at me for quite some time. And I'm not saying that it's new to the show or anything that I haven't brought up previously, but I will say this, and I would refer to it sort of as a, a social awareness spectrum. Again, who knows what's going on and who does not? And one of the things that we know for a fact is that you essentially have three kinds of people now that exist in society. You have the unjabbed, and this group of individuals knows what you can and cannot do. We are fully aware of what we can and cannot do. We have no business, of course, having any kind of a sexual relationship or intimate relationship with someone who is jabbed that is going to make us sick. This has been proven, and that's a fact. But then you have to take that singular element and ask yourself, okay, with the other two groups that exist in this spectrum, do they know that? So in the middle of this spectrum, because again, on one far end, you have the unjabbed, but in the middle, you would have what I would consider the people who are jabbed, but they know that they've made a huge mistake. And these are the people, again, who are learning about what they can and cannot do now because they are, in fact, jabbed. And they have learned what they can and cannot do, and it is overwhelming for many of them, as you would expect. But then on the far end of the spectrum, you have the individuals who are jabbed and they have no idea what they can and cannot do now. They are completely unaware. Again, sticking with that part of the spectrum, the jabbed who are unaware, they do not know that they can't reproduce. And if they try and they fail, it is because of the shots that they took, these bioweapons. They are unaware of this. Same thing again with if they do give birth, it does not mean that their child is going to be healthy or healthy for very long. The jabbed also don't understand that even having close contact with other jabbed people is detrimental to their health and the health of the people around them who are already jabbed. The jabbed people don't understand that they can't be around people who are unjabbed. And that by being around people who are unjabbed, that's putting their health in danger also, as far as the unjabbed are concerned. The jab don't understand that they can't be around women who are pregnant. That that's putting the health of the women in danger along with their unborn child. I mean, you, can, you see all of the different elements that exist here. These are all factually accurate, but these are the things that the jabbed, who are not learning about what they have done to themselves, don't know. But there's no one 
on the other end of the spectrum who is not jabbed, who is unaware of these things. See, that's the real divide, which is remarkable. I think it's absolutely remarkable. Yes, there may be a few who clearly you know, don't understand the, um, they're, well, I put it this way, they're unjabbed, but they don't know the lengths to which or the depths of which being jabbed is detrimental to not only the jabbed, but the people around them. They may not have a full grasp of the seriousness of the situation. They say, well, I, you know, I, I don't like needles and that's why I didn't take it, or I don't like being pressured and that's why I didn't take it. And then that's just kind of where the thinking stops, which is great. I mean, that, that was enough to keep them alive and that's good. But if they are unaware of what the jabbed can do to the unjabbed, then they're still potentially putting their, their, their health at risk. With that said, I can fully say that again, being a pure blood, I, I am not frequently around the jabbed. There have been times when I am, but I have not been ill as a result of being around them. That could be because, of course, my immune system is strong and healthy and, and put together. And of course, theirs is not. But even when that's the case thus far, I haven't really suffered any ill effects as a result. Yes, of course, as, as you know, I was in San Antonio back in the summer of uh, 2021 at that America's Frontline Doctors Conference. And then I came back with a cough that didn't go away for four months. I was around a lot of people. And I was around a lot of jabbed people walking around that city. That was kind of a mistake, clearly. But again, that would indicate that clearly being around the jabbed is, is not a good thing. Certainly, again, a wireless environment, 5G towers and all of that. That disrupts the cells too. But my point is this, is that it is the unjabbed that know these elements and all of these variables and all of these angles and all of these can and cannots and what you can and cannot do. Whereas the jabbed, they do not know. They just don't. But there is a swath of people right in the middle of that spectrum again who are jabbed and they do know. And this is again one of those social spectrums, I think, that is absolutely remarkable that even the individuals within certain working environments have no idea about this. And we can assume that the vast majority of people within certain work environments are certainly jabbed, which means, again, if they're all on the same page regarding their behaviors and the pressures that they've engaged in with one another and it feels like common sense to them, it isn't. And they've not only put themselves in danger, but the people around them. So again, it almost doesn't matter the work environment. Take schools, for example. You have endless school environments all across the United States, as you've heard me say here on the show. And these individuals, by and large, you can assume that at least 50 to 90% of them are jabbed. They are not only, of course, putting their own health at risk, but the health of those around them at risk, including their own students. And I might add, that's not even taking into account the percentage of students that, that took those shots. So when you add the student element into it, you have to assume to some degree that the percentage of illness within those environments is much higher. Not to mention, again, they're around one another. Just to be repetitive on that. 
They're clearly around one another, but they don't know about transmission. And again, I'm not a coughing, sneezing kind of guy. I, I, don't, I do not believe that this is what transmits it. It is proximity. It's the disruption of cells via electromagnetism from person to person. Again, no different than walking into a room and you know, getting a pit in your stomach because you know that there's people in that room that you don't like. That's your immune system reacting to a number of different things that you know you're walking into. The medical profession, hospitals, doctor's offices, you can assume that the vast majority of the people that are going along with this and still working within those environments are, again, on that far end of the spectrum of being jabbed and not knowing what it's done to them and the people around them and continues to do to the people around them. In fact, those individuals, in particular in the medical working environments, on the social awareness spectrum, they have no idea that there are two other sections of that spectrum that exist, that there are the ones that are jabbed and, and are learning about the mistake that they have made and what is going on and what they can and cannot do, but they also don't know that there's the unjabbed on the far end, complete opposite end of the spectrum from themselves, and that they know way more than themselves, who again are in the medical profession and probably figure out that they've got it all figured out. Of course, you know, it's a terrible joke that's been played on them because it's a deadly depopulation joke, but that's, that's the spectrum of awareness here. Again, if you stretch out into other working environments, I would go so far as to say working environments that are predominantly female, working environments where there are numerous individuals, again, it's the education profession too, but it's endless other professions where, again, the, the employees within these buildings and within these working environments are predominantly female. They tend to go along with one another. I'm not saying it's all of them. That's impossible. But in those kinds of environments, therein lies a, a large part of the problem. The same is true, of course, in male environments also. Um, again, local city council here. Uh, they they mandated the shots for all of the city workers. This isn't the only city that's done it where I live. Endless cities did this for all their city workers. Most city workers who are breaking their backs on a day-in and day-out basis, maintaining the streets and the plumbing and everything else that they do within a city environment, the vast majority of those individuals are men. But if they were coerced to get the shots or they weren't allowed to submit any kind of a religious or medical exemption or they were bribed with $100 and here's 100 bucks cash like the city where I live, here's 100 bucks if you take the shots, all of those men probably went along with it, which means, again, you can venture to guess that the majority of them took the shots. So I would just encourage people to understand, again, that, and I know that you know this, but there is always this spectrum, and you've heard me say, refer to the past as the jab spectrum. I would go so far as to, as to change, not change it necessarily, but create a different spectrum, which is the social awareness spectrum regarding these, these biological weapons. Do they know what they've done, but more specifically what they can and cannot do anymore? That becomes the question. It's the unjabbed that know what they can and cannot do. The jabbed, however, on the other end of that spectrum, they have no idea. 
But then there is that small percentage in the middle that, again, took the shots and is learning about what they can and cannot do. And it's frightening. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention because, again, you can take that kind of a spectrum, a social awareness spectrum, so to speak, as I've, I don't know, I'm just kind of coined it here just for the sake of, of the discussion, but you can take that and apply it to just about anything, which actually leads me now to this. And this is massive, and this is a big deal. And I know that many are aware of this and, and heard about this and saw this interview. And it too is what I would f- refer to as a giant proof that the whole Q operation is not only 100% real, but everything is moving the way that it's supposed to be moving. And that the United States is now no longer a corporation. In, let's see, it would be the war video 480. This is war 480 on my bit shoot and rumble channel. If you watch that about 12 minutes and, and, and uh, 12 minutes and five seconds in, you'll see the full 10 minute interview with Dr. Halper Hayes. And I'm going to read a couple of posts regarding that and, and regarding what she said, because it is very important. Um, first of all, and then I'll mention this too, because this is interesting, but either way, I want to start with this. This is Brian Cates uh, on, on Twitter. And he said the following, he said, note that Dr. Halper Hayes states in this interview, which was on Great Britain News, GBN, she stated that Trump had all of the evidence, but knew that if he dropped it too early and tried to force the entire country to accept it, it would have led directly to a nasty civil war breaking out. Now that's an endless Q posts. So that right there again should be a massive proof to to anybody that this is real. This is not fake. He also continued and he said, if Trump had dropped the evidence early and said, quote, I'm not leaving, unquote, and even had the appearance of using military force to stay in power, there would have been a civil war. He then wrapped up and said, you don't have to acknowledge that if you don't want to, but it's true. And he's right. He's 100% right. There's also this continuous thing that happens on Truth Social with Donald Trump's account, which brings up again, I love this because it's remarkable. No one has ever physically seen Donald Trump make a tweet back when he was on Twitter. Nobody. Nobody has said, you know, uh, President Trump, can I see you actually physically make a tweet? He's never done it because he's not in charge of, of his old Twitter account. He wasn't in charge. There were communications taking place on that Twitter account that were a military operation. He was sending messages to particular people and sending messages to us about a number of different things. The same is true with his Truth Social account. It's the same thing. And again, he continuously retruths Q-related material from people who have Q in their name, in their handle, in their uh, in their profile picture, wh- whatever it is, and then of course those that are actually posting Q posts themselves. So here's one of the things that he did recently regarding Dr. Uh, Halper Hayes's interview. He retruthed it from someone else's account, and he said the following: Dr. Jan Halper Hayes is fantastic. Everyone has got to watch her interview on election fraud with the poor sap who got taken apart by her. Thank you, Don Jr., 
for putting this masterpiece out for the public to see, Witch Hunt. And then someone replied to both of those individuals, including Donald Trump, and it was uh, at Storm Has Arrived 17, where they said, whoa, I'll take this as confirmation. It, can't, it just can't get any clearer that he knows exactly what's going on, because in that interview, she states a number of different things. And let me just bring a few of them up here. This is from BioClandestine's uh, Telegram channel. And he said the following. He said, Trump shared Dr. Jan Halper-Hayes' going full cue. Trump called it fantastic and a masterpiece. He then said, Trump can relitigate 2020 fraud. Now, this is what she said, and she's right. He, and that's going to happen in court because, again, the prosecution against him has to prove that there was not voter fraud. It's a beautiful trap. Whether, again, they're controlled by white hats or, or they're just this stupid, who's to know? But either way, they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that there, that there was zero voter fraud, and we know that there was massive widespread voter fraud. He then, of course, states in her interview there that uh, the U.S. Department of Defense has the goods on the fraud. Trump ended the U.S. corporation. This is big. The United States is no longer a corporation the way that it was designed in 1871. This is a big deal. She also said that before Trump visited the Vatican for the first time, he took all of their gold back. What was it? 620 some odd aircraft full of gold from the Vatican. That's ours that they've been stealing. So it's ours again. And then, and then he says here that Trump had to wait to prevent a civil war and let the public wake up. Wild stuff. It's 100% true. He then said this. Again, he's accurate. It says, he says, controversial statement. Trump shares Q memes and drops. He quotes Q drops during speeches. Think of, again, the social awareness spectrum I brought up earlier. This is the same kind of dynamic. Same kind of thing. He says the following, quote, Then last night he shared and praised a video of a member of his transition team going on a wild 10-minute cue spree about how the U.S. military have proof of fraud in the 2020 election and are waiting for the public to wake up before introducing it in order to prevent a civil war and mass civilian casualties. He then said, Now whether you're familiar with Q, think it's real or think it's some disinformation psyop conspiracy theory cult, shouldn't you be aware that Trump, the leading presidential candidate in 2024, is openly referencing and quoting this whole Q thing? Like, if you think it's nonsense, shouldn't you be worried about Trump's association with it? How can one be a Trump supporter and simultaneously think that Q is a bunch of hogwash? Because Trump has gradually gone beyond full Q for the past few months on Truth Social, and it hardly gets talked about in the mainstream. He says the mainstream that calls everything and everyone QAnon, except for when Trump is actually quoting Q all the time. So there are two opinions here. Either, number one, Trump is part of the Q operation and there is some level of validity to it, or two, Trump is not a part of whatever Q is, and the lead presidential candidate and his associates are blindly quoting and referencing a Russian disinformation psyop or some dude in his basement. <laughs> yeah, again, 
That's the spectrum. It then says, he then wraps up and says, both options are insane to think about, and there's really not any in between. Either he's a part of it or he's not. If he's not, as Trump supporters, we have a crisis on our hands. If he is, that means that Trump is conducting a massive global awakening campaign so we can introduce reality to the brainwashed and hold the deep state accountable without mass civilian casualties and civil war. I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm telling you that ignoring this reality is no longer an option. He's 100% right, without a doubt. Now, I've been saving this particular post for a while here. And uh, this was on Great Awakening a while back. Didn't get a lot of upvotes, but it's interesting. Here's what it said. It was titled, It Seems Strange and Vexing, the amount of people, I'm sorry, the amount of fellow patriots, rather, who harp on and are about Q being a psyop. It's an opinion, sure, but it shows them as parochial and intransient. They said this, quote, If Q told everyone not to vote, I'd say, yeah, PSYOP. If Q said politicians were just doing their job, I'd say, yeah, PSYOP. If Q suggested we go and do anything that could in any way benefit politicians, businessmen, or the cabal, I'd say, yeah, PSYOP. Q is only a concept as far as our movement goes. It encourages us to look into people and things that we were blissfully unaware of. It encouraged us to find our own strength and to draw it out in others. It most certainly woke 90% of the people who are today jamming up chat boards with mischievous enthusiasm, arguing and debating amicably in the sole interest of a bright future and building friendship with people across oceans who they wouldn't otherwise know or necessarily care about. What is Q? Does it really matter? Whether Q is a quantum computer or a guy with a comb over and way too much time on his hands. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is hurt by Q. Nobody has lost money or been scammed by Q. Nobody, or very few, is sitting back expecting Q to take, to take care of everything. It then says Q, regardless of whatever it really is, is just a concept. It's a mere springboard offering you the chance to use it and to have fun diving. Who gains from Q? The cabal, governments, the WEF, WHO, or any other NGO? Absolutely not. In fact, Q, even as a concept, is devastating enough to them to run a 24-7 smear campaign maligning the laughable consideration of it. No, they said, the only people who gain from Q are patriots in the patriot movement. So do you believe in Q? The answer is irrelevant. What is relevant is that if you can deny that without Q, our way, I'm sorry, our war would have been over by now, and that the mere concept of Q is solely responsible for the awakening we see taking back our world today, then you may need to stand a lot further back when observing what's going on, unquote. This is a very good thing. This is very, very good. It is evidence. This is just evidence. It's beyond clues. You have a, we have a pile of evidence now of all of the things that we have learned over the years that are showing endless great things are happening right now. There is no doubt about it. The bad guys' backs are against the wall. They're flailing around, and those are among 
many of the knowledgeable bad guys who know what's really happening. Unfortunately for us, we have to walk around people who are still the unknowledgeable and the brainwashed and even very evil people who have no idea what's really going on. I mean, these people think Joe Biden is the president. They think he won 81 million votes. They believe this. And even if they think that there was voter fraud or corruption or whatever it is, they don't go beyond that thought. They say, well, maybe there was voter fraud, but whatever. Anyway, back to work. And then they just go back to the malaise that they exist in. We have to be, I mean, we are on, <laughs> it's not that just we have to be, we already are on a separate wavelength. We are on a separate dimension of thinking than endless people who exist on earth. We have ascended to a particular level now, and we know that there's no going back. But the people who are on our side, and there are many who are on our side, these deniers and these people that, again, do not want to believe that endless good things are happening and that there has always been an operation taking place where the dots are so close to one another, they're on top of each other, and it's undeniable these people are going to have egg on their face. They're going to eventually have to admit that they were wrong, which again, they may or may not do, but whether they do it or not, it isn't going to matter. We're going to see the fruits of our labor here. We're going to see the fruits of us continuing to learn about the real world that we live in, and nothing can stop what's coming. Nothing can stop that. There was this post, too, on Great Awakening from just the other day, sort of, again, briefly describing some of the history of the Organic Act of 1871, and it said this, Bringing up the Organic Act of 1871 due to recent discussion about it, the Act made D.C. a foreign entity relative to 1788 Constitution. But there also appears to have been a concurrent 1871 treaty that created the U.S. corporation and ceded control of that D.C. foreign entity to either the British Crown, the Vatican, or both in combination. Suspected split of operational maritime control, UCC, to the Crown and Trust, uh, title control to the Vatican. Okay. Then it says, this is what the secret, already completed U.S. corporation dissolution discussion is referring to. Organic Act, quote-unquote, means that there is a change in control via secession of territory from one sovereign entity to some other entity. Reference organic acts that created new territories from existing sovereign states from 1800 to 1860, or transferring the Louisiana Territory to the United States from France. They said, we are expecting economic collapse under Biden and new, current, and new currency under Trump, but it is clearly the globalist agenda to collapse the economy, to create as much chaos as possible in combination with World War III, which they plan to use as cover for their takeover. Maybe Commander-in-Chief delegated authority, de yeah, delegated authority, it says, is keeping the economy together enough that the damage is not unrecoverable once the patriots are back in control. An economy on life support is still a win if the globalists are trying to collapse it, in my opinion. Then they said this, What if a new currency is getting rolled out under Biden so Biden can be blamed for collapse of the Federal Reserve? This seems like a good way to do it, to get the globalist, the globalists publicly pissed off with Biden-Harris and the Dems, unquote. Yeah. 
100%. As far as the Organic Act is concerned, there's no doubt about it. D.C. has never been a part of the United States. The global government has always existed for a very long time. We know this, but many do not. They still teach the three branches of government in their basic K-12 and college education classes as if it's a real thing. They have no idea what the obelisks mean in Washington, D.C., the Vatican, and London. That we are the military, the the Vatican is the religion, which is satanic, and London is where the money is. But again, we know this, but endless people do not. So that is the social spectrum, and it's unraveling in, in quite, I think, fantastic fashion. And, uh, I mean, it's inevitable that it's just going to wake people up. It's going to have to continue to wake people up. This is the snowball that is rolling down the hill, and no one's ever going to be able to catch it or bring it back. So there you go. Speaking of all of that and continuing to wake people up, let me mention this. This was making the rounds. FEMA and the FCC are planning another nationwide emergency alert test for October 4th of this year. This is going to happen on Wednesday, October 4th of 2023 at approximately 2.20, or two, I think 2.20 it says here in the document, um, 2.20 p.m., yep, Eastern Standard Time. So let me read through this because it's brief and it's their memo, and it was released on August 3rd. It says, test message messages will be sent to all TVs, radios, and cell phones. FEMA, in coordination with the Federal uh, Communications Commission, the FCC, will conduct a nationwide test of the Emergency Alert System, EAS, and Wireless Emergency Alerts, WEA, this fall. The nationwide test will consist of two portions, testing WEA and EAS compatibilities. Both tests are scheduled to begin at approximately 2.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday, October 4th. Now. Before I keep reading, we know that they've already done this at least once. Some people have reported that they received these messages more than once, but there was that one particular time years ago that was scheduled for everybody at the exact same time. Even Fox News on the day of finally decided to start talking about it, but we knew about it. The people that were following the Q posts, we knew about it long in advance. We were also told that this is going to be used for a very specific reason in the future. Now, again, why are they doing this for a second time? It's pretty simple. It's a test. And because it's a test, they want to make sure that it works so that they can figure out who was receiving it, who wasn't, were there specific areas that were receiving it and other areas that were not, because this is getting ready for the real one that's going to take place. And when the real one takes place, that's going to wake up a ton of people. Because whatever message comes out on the real one is going to be a big deal. It's not going to be a test. This one is going to be a test. The one on, again, Wednesday, October 4th. But it continues here. It says the WEA portion of the test will be directed to all consumer cell phones. This will be the third nationwide test, but the second test to all cellular devices. The test message will display in either English or in Spanish, depending on the language settings of the wireless handset says the EAS portion of the test will be sent to radios and televisions. This will be the seventh nationwide EAS test. Let me say this too. If you want to wake up a a family member or a friend of yours who does not know what's going on, tell them this right now. 
tell them that FEMA is going to have another emergency alert on on their cell phone on October 4th. I mean, give them give them the day and the time. On October 4th of uh, at 2:20 in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time, this message is going to go out to everybody's cell phone. Mark your calendar just so you know. They'll they'll have to ask you questions. They'll have to. They'll have to say, well, how do you know that? Or, well, what does this mean? It's just a test, so who cares? I mean, they, they might say a thousand things on that spectrum of their lack of awareness or their level of awareness or their spectrum of curiosity, if they have any curiosity anymore. But But they'll have to ask you. Because again, those of us who were awake back then during the first one, we told people in advance. And when it happened, and they didn't know it was coming anyway, but we told them way in advance, like months in advance, that it's going to happen, probably going to happen around this month, around this day. So, you know, just keep an eye out and whatever else. I mean, some people asked questions, but some didn't. Some people said, well, I mean, is this real? Is, is something terrible happening? Some people said, well, it's just a test. Okay, well, thanks for letting me know, whatever. They said, yeah, well, we're letting you know so that you're not alerted in a bad way. And then some of those discussions turned into, they're really going to use it. And they're really going to use it after these tests someday, because there's going to be a soft military operation that takes place to round up a number of people. And this will probably be the case. At least we've been told this. So anyway, I'm going to stop with a memo, but it's on my Gab page. It is there. It's at FEMA.gov. You can check it out yourself. It's under the press releases section under the about section. And uh, and there you go. There was also another piece of audio, I should bring this up too, but there was another piece of audio of an individual um, ex-Navy, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, and he's on TikTok or wherever he is, claiming to be ex-Navy, and he says again that there was a, another press release from branches of the military that said multiple branches of the military are engaging in a joint exercise that's going on right now, or going to start, I should say, uh, August 9th, Wednesday. So there's that too. And he openly says in this video, which again is on my Gab page, and I'll put it up in the next war video, but he openly states, this doesn't happen. This does not happen. And it only happens if there is really something taking place during that time, a real military operation, or they're planning for one that's going to take place in the future. He said that different branches of the military never do these cross-branch operations or training exercises together. He just said it, ne it, ne it never happens. So one of two things is, again, taking place. It's either because something is really going on this week, or they're preparing for something to happen in the future that they're going to be working on together. Again, let's connect some dots here. Look at what we're being told. Again, the media is not even asking Donald Trump about why he consistently retruths Q-related information on a constant basis from people who's again, from people who followed the Q posts and retruth the Q posts and put the uh, the Q posts on their actual truth site on a consistent basis. This is, uh, this is not being asked among the media. Why? Because they aren't thinking people and they're in on it. I mean, they're, they're, they're on the wrong end 
of this operation. They're on the enemy side of this operation. So, yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Let me mention a couple other things just geopolitically. I know this has been 40 minutes already, and I haven't even gone to education or jab-related things yet, but um, let me mention this, and you, you'll remember this. Everybody remembers this. Remember the, this is, again, bouncing around the old interweb the other day, too, and it's, I mean, I'm shocked that this even passed me by, and endless people, of course, just didn't pay attention to what Joe Biden actually said. But if you recall, back when Chris Coons, senator from Delaware, was sworn in, he brought his family, of course, and his wife and his parents and whatever else, a few other family members. And his 13-year-old daughter is standing, is brought over, and then, of course, standing right in front of his wife and Joe Biden, Chris Coons' wife and Joe Biden. And this is, again, the, the pale girl with the red straight hair wearing the brown dress. And this is the one where Joe Biden leans in and tries to kiss her on the side of the, uh, side of the face while grabbing onto her arms. At the 52-minute mark of that entire ceremony, where, where they were swearing in numerous people, if you skip to that particular section and then you turn up your volume, he specifically leans into the girl and he actually whispers something to her. He says it and I heard it. And they say it here on the post and it's real because I did it myself and I listened to it and I'll be damned, he said it. He said, quote, do you know how horny I am to have a 13-year-old girl standing right next to me. And then that's when he giggles and he leans in for a kiss and then he backs off. This guy has to die. I said it on Gab, he's got to die. This man is a pedophile of the highest order. We know he's a murderer. We know he's a rapist. We know he's a pedophile. This guy's got to go. And we have to see it. So if you don't believe me, Look up that swearing ceremony of Chris Coons, where his daughter is standing there. Crank up your volume, and you'll hear exactly Joe Biden say that. Quote, do you know how horny I am to have a 13-year-old girl standing right next to me? Unquote. As God is my witness, he said it. I heard him say it. There is also this little geopolitical thing here happening in my state, the state of Ohio. Um, Issue one is on the ballot. As I am recording this, and as soon as I'm done recording, I'm going to go vote and vote yes for issue one. Here's what this says on Substack regarding this issue. Issue one is a legislatively referred constitutional amendment proposed by the Ohio legislature to amend sections 1B, 1E, and 1G of Article 2, and sections 1 and 3 of Article, I can do Roman numerals, let's see, 16 memory serves, there we go, of the Constitution of the State of Ohio to require a vote of at least 60% of the electors, and it's currently at 50% plus one, to approve a constitutional amendment to modify the procedures for an initiative petition proposing a constitutional amendment. So a yes vote supports amending the U.S. Constitution to, number one, Increase the voter approval threshold for new constitutional amendments to 60%. Two, require citizen-initiated constitutional amendment campaigns to collect signatures 
from each of the state's 88 counties, an increase from half, 44, of the counties. That's a big deal. Uh, The third point, eliminate the cure period of 10 days for campaigns to gather additional signatures for citizen-initiated constitutional amendments when the original submission did not have enough valid signatures. Now, as you would expect, or might expect, this is why the leftist lunatics and all the pedophiles are screaming at the top of of their lungs for everybody to vote no on this. They want a no vote because a yes vote makes it harder for all these whack jobs and all these communists and Marxists and everybody and Bolsheviks to basically put anything that they want on the ballot in the future. It becomes very difficult for them. It certainly becomes far harder, which is good, because here in Ohio over the last, I'd say, four to six years, there have been some outrageous uh, particular things on, on the ballot. Again, most recently, um, last year, we had to vote to ensure that illegal aliens didn't have the right to vote because leftists were so e- could so easily put that on the ballot with just a certain amount of signatures. Well, now it's harder for them to do that, and they hate it. What they also hate is how this is tied into the parental rights, again, among parents who still send their children to American public schools. Eventually, as as these things will prove in time, is that uh, the legislature is going to have far more control over a number of different issues, which again is kind of the point. That's why we live in a republic. We vote for these people to push through what we want pushed through. But these leftists have no idea that Ohio is a red state, and it's getting redder by the day. There are unfortunate pockets of leftism and Bolshevism that exist everywhere, but. A yes vote is a very good thing on this. So, yeah. A no vote, again, here's what the no vote would say. A no vote opposes amending the Ohio Constitution, thus maintaining that a simple majority, 50 plus one vote, is required for voters to approve new constitutional amendments, and then continuing to require campaigns to collect signatures from each of at least 44 counties of the 88 and then it continues to allow campaigns to have 10 additional days to collect signatures when their original submission contained too few valid signatures. There are states that already do this. I'm going to get them wrong, but it's Florida, Colorado, and I think there's one more. So my apologies. But um, this would basically mean that Ohio would be the next where this would be the case. Illinois is the other one. There you go. And New Hampshire. See, New Hampshire needs a 66% in order to, uh, which requires a supermajority to approve legislatively referred amendments. But there you go. So it is what it is. But uh, anytime a leftist screams at the top of their lungs on how you should vote, well, it's pretty clear as to how you should vote then. You should vote the exact opposite way. Not to mention the vote no signs were showing up in leftist yards dating months ago, they've been up for months. It's absolutely hilarious. And it'll, I mean, they'll lose. The leftists will lose this one. Issue one will pass as it should. So there you go. Okay. Moving on. Let me mention this education stuff now. Um, and there's a, there's a particular thing that I, that I want to bring up here right off the top. You may have noticed that there are more online schools 
being promoted either in YouTube ads or radio ads or even TV ads. And again, I don't watch television, but every now and again, I'll hear of one of these ads pop up. My recommendation, again, is make sure that you do your homework on these, on these online homeschooling environments. Just because they're online homeschooling doesn't mean that they're all great. You've heard me promote Abeka.com. That's the one that I would put first. I've seen elements of that homeschooling program, and I like it. I've heard endless testimonials from it, and I like it. There are some others, though, that are nefariously tied to the company Pearson. And Pearson themselves has a number of them, and one of them is the Pearson Online Academy. You need to be, you know, basically be aware of this. Again, Pearson is directly tied with the Bushes, certainly was back in uh, its inception. I believe Heritage Foundation was associated with it also, a bunch of rhinos and, you know, whatever else. So there's the Pearson Online Academy, but there is also what's called Connections Academy. And Connections Academy is a Pearson company. So there are these offshoots where they hide the name Pearson in the lower part of the screen, but they tell you that it's another name. It's all, they're all heads of the same snake, same fingers on the same hand kind of thing. So always do your homework when it comes to homeschooling. Don't take something at, at face value or just based on the name, but either way, even Pearson knows, as corrupt as Pearson is, even they know that the K-12 system is collapsing because they're trying to get in on the action too. And that right there should be, again, another giant red flag and a buoy in the water that this system is collapsing and it's going to collapse. There's, I mean, it, we're watching it collapse, but they're trying to get in on the action and, and rightfully so. So, you know, they're opportunists just like numerous other people are, but there's just more proof of it right there. There was also this story from last week, which is, again, Fox News, my apologies for the, for the reference here, but it is titled, Louisiana Law Requiring In God We Trust to Be Displayed at All Public Schools Going Into Effect. It says, like Louisiana, other states have passed laws promulgating the display, sorry, let me turn that off, go away, there we go, uh, the display of the national motto, In God We Trust. Here's the question I have. Again, I, sh I shot this to our uh, Louisiana friend and, and educator who contributes to the show with regularity to basically drive around and see how big or small these displays are. I don't think that putting in God we trust is going to save the environment. I'm glad it's happening. That's an excellent thing. But uh, it's, it, it just becomes a matter of, again, how big the display actually it, it really is. Is it a giant plaque? Is it a statue? Is it something that's written on the wall on the inside? Or is it just a copied piece of paper that finds its way into the break room? Or finds its way into the main office that's uh, you know stapled to a bulletin board. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see. But either way, we know that even if it's state law, the Marxists are still going to do whatever they have to do to have their way. And they're laughing about it, I'm sure, and saying, well, see, we have in God we trust on our bulletin board. It's right there. There's a small little sign that says in God we trust. So we're following the law. I mean, these people are disgusting. But there you go. Just wanted to bring that to your attention also. I want to mention this too. You know, this is a constant thing and it's it's not a selfish thing and I'm not patting myself on the back. I want to make that abundantly clear. But there is a thing that I consistently observe 
which continuously proves the Con Inc. lie, and it continues to prove the Con Inc. lie specifically regarding the field of education. Riley Gaines, the former swimmer, uh, I believe at the University of Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken, uh, she could have swum somewhere else, but either way, she was, of course, the one that was swimming against uh, the guy pretending to be a girl from the University of Pennsylvania. Either way, she has a show now. She has a show on Fox Nation called uh, Riley for Girls or something like that. Uh, again, I know you know this, but Fox News and the like, and people like them, would never hire a person like me, nor would I want to work for them, because they themselves are always interested in maintaining a certain level of knowledge on a number of different subjects and never allowing their viewing audience to go above and beyond that. They need people to just stay on a certain wavelength of awareness and not ascend to a higher level of thinking way beyond it. You've heard me say a number of things on this show that if you know existed on any Fox channel or even mainstream channel or even these pseudo, you know, conservative channels, that I wouldn't be around very long. I mean, I have to do it this way because they don't want that message out there. They don't want to hear anybody talk about the collapse of American education. They don't want to hear people talk about the bioweapon shots. They would rather rally, rally their troops and circle their wagons around, uh, you know, pretend girls competing against real girls. This is the kind of uh, mundane conversation that they want people to continuously have and not think beyond that. But I like to think that I try to raise the bar here a little bit anyway, and, uh, you know, but again, I just think that that proves it. I think that proves it without a doubt, that the flavor of the month being a Riley Gaines, and I'll fully admit she's far more attractive than I am, but either way, uh, you know, th those are the kinds of individuals that that they that they pounce on and that they take full advantage of. If Riley Gaines knew what I knew, she wouldn't be working for Fox News or Fox Nation. She wouldn't. She wouldn't be consistently invited into congressional hearings to testify about her experience and what she feels about what's going on. Again, after the public comments that I've made on numerous occasions, you'd think uh, some congressman would say, hey, come on in here and talk about the collapse of education and what's really going on. No, they don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole because their constituents and their lobbyists have to maintain the K-12 university illusion. Because if that goes away, then it slips right through their grip. And then people start to look at them as politicians and say, well, wait a minute, why weren't you advocating for homeschooling? Again, all you have to really do is ask yourself that question. And ask yourself that question consistently. When was the last time you heard a politician advocate for homeschooling? I rest my case. So keep that, you know, just kind of always keep that in mind going forward because that's going to continuously be a, a, a common thing. That's going to be something that just continuously occurs. And I find it disgusting um, because, again, you know, it's just kind of lowbrow news related stuff it's lowbrow information it's uh it's not nearly the level of ascension that the listening audience here has reached along with endless other people 
they are they are gatekeepers in the purest of definitions. They really are trying to keep people hooked to Fox News politicians, and let's just keep talking about what Tim Pool talks about and all that stuff. It's uh, it's gross. Here's another one, by the way. Uh, a local issue as well, ClevelandReporter.com. It is titled Shaker Heights Based Pro School Porn Moms Group Urges Ohioans to Vote No on the August Ballot Question. Again, <laughs> you heard me you heard me mention issue one earlier. That's what this is about too. They're openly yelling and calling themselves again a uh, pro-school porn moms group who, again, love the fact that uh, Black Lives Matter exists and they want all the pornographic books to be in the libraries. And, well, if the legislature ends up voting against all these porn books, then they're going to have a supermajority, which means you know all the leftists who are in the minority are screwed and we're not going to get uh, all that indoctrination that we wanted and the drag queens and everything else. They out themselves. Because they can't help it. They're that deranged. So, there you go. All right. Jab-related things. Last week in the Australian Senate, Pfizer executives were testifying. You've probably heard of this, certainly seen some of the footage. It really isn't all that shocking. It's a bunch of Pfizer guys lying and, uh, you know, working their way through their maze of lies as best they can. But they did openly state on a number of occasions that they were claiming, of course, that they didn't force anybody to take the shots, which is kind of technically true. It wasn't them that was doing it. It was the CDC and health departments that were incentivizing these individuals. But at the same time, at the top of that chain is Pfizer, Moderna, and these other groups. These were the individuals, again, and their lobbyists lobbying to coerce individuals and bribe individuals and threaten individuals to wear the mask, take the shots, and if they did, then ultimately Pfizer would receive some kickbacks. And the amount of money that they have received, of course, as a result of all of this proves that. So again, just wanted to mention that, but a couple of good audio clips from that, which of course you can watch in the in the war videos that I produce. And there you go. Um, there's also this local issue here again, but not unique. This is something that's occurring across the United States. This is from our local journal news, and it is titled Money from McCullough Foundation, which is the local hospital here that, of course, has slaughtered endless people, including their own workers, that they were granted to multiple organizations supporting health needs. I'll read that one more time. Money from McCullough Foundation granted to multiple organizations supporting health needs. It says the next deadline to apply for a grant is August 15th. So we're talking about money laundering. <laughs> that's, that's really what this is. It's no different than the fake COVID tests. The COVID test didn't work. The company knew they didn't work. They were preloaded and predetermined, and they don't test for anything. But people are suckers. So they paid for them which means the money that they paid for them went directly to the company. And then, if they tested positive, albeit falsely, they would end up always going back to the store to buy more. They, of course, then contracted out to schools, hospitals, 
and endless other working environments and organizations, massive doses or packages, I should say, of those COVID tests. When you contract out something like that, well, the company that makes them is getting all of that money. Which, again, means you're suckering these individuals into taking something that doesn't actually do anything other than hurt them. So now that you have these grants and, these, and this money exchange taking place, it's just money changing hands under the guise of being some morally sound grant. So here's what it says. It says, on July 24th, the McCullough Hyde Foundation approved grants totaling $200,000 that address health needs of local communities to 15 community organizations throughout Butler and Preble counties in Ohio and Franklin and Union counties in Indiana. So the tri-quarterly county area, basically, well, why is it that you would need a grant totaling $200,000 that addresses the health needs of local communities to 15 community organizations? Somebody sick? Why are they sick? How many shots did they take? You see the con game that's been taking place this entire time. It says, as part of the inaugural granting cycle, so this is continuous, the Community Granting Committee reviewed 34 applications. The Board of Trustee awarded community grants to the following organizations. And they list them all. And there are many. (laughs) Fire departments. Um, the YMC, the, the YWCA, a public library got, uh, or Friends of Union County Public Library got 20 grand for a playground, for God's sakes. I mean, they're, they're, they're spending copious amounts of money on things that have nothing to do with illness. And the fact that these very environments were the ones coercing everybody to take these shots, which of course are now killing people. Here's one for the Talawanda Backpack Program that provides food to children who have been deemed as going without food on the weekends. They get five grand. Uh, Preble County Obesity Clinic, they get $2,500. The Kiwanis Club of Oxford, another Mason group, they get $1,500. It's just endless. The amount of money exchanging that's taking place regarding all of this is endless, and it's happening where I live, which means it's happening where you live, and it's going unreported largely. But these places would collapse if it wasn't for the thousands of dollars that they are receiving sort of under, under the guise of attempting to help people. There is also this too, more jab-related stuff. Um, this is from Weisnerbaum. Weisner and Baum, clearly a law firm, talks about the Merrick Gardasil clinical trials. I'm just going to sum this up briefly for the sake of time and say, well, it didn't go quite the way that they had hoped. It says in one trial, only 10% of participants received vaccination report cards used by investigators to obtain follow up information from study participants about certain adverse reactions especially in the first few days. Reports of serious events were not followed up. Medical records were not reviewed. Trial participants were told the vaccine was proven safe and the placebo was a saline solution, making it less likely that they would report adverse Gardasil side effects. The Gardasil shot kills people. 
period. It sterilizes them as well. So going forward, it's been said numerous times, you've got to stay away from dental anesthetics. It's even been, these nanolipid particles have also been found in insulin. And why not Gardasil at this point? I mean, let's just throw that into the mix. It might as well be. But these shots, again, are all going to become ubiquitous across the board, and they're going to kill people. You have to be a needle-free, jab-free family and person and individual in society. If you are not, you have what's coming to you, and that's not going to be good. This, of course, was from last week. Also, just wanted to mention the headline, Illegal Chinese Bio Lab Discovered in Fresno, California Was Subsidized by Gavin Newsom. Shocking. In fact, let me play a little audio from this. Like I said, this was from last week, but um, this right here, in, in fact, this lab was discovered in March, but uh, th- this is a press conference that the Fresno City Councilman, Gary Bredenfeld, if I'm saying that right, again, held a, held a news conference describing what was found within this entire environment. Um, endless illnesses. On, on the slate and on the menu were, were apparently there. Um, endless syringes, as you would expect. That shouldn't shock anybody. Uh, China shipping labels and a bunch of other things. So let me, let me play some audio from that press conference because, again, I don't think this got a lot of play, certainly not in the mainstream. And uh, what they found was disturbing. So again, you don't have to go to Ukraine to find a bio lab, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, they are right here. I'm sure Elements of our own military have been engaging in this, but foreign entities have their hands in the pot too. And here we go in three, two, one. On May 4th, the CDC inspected the lab and found infectious agents that were both bacterial and viral in nature. Some of these include hepatitis B, C, rubella, malaria, E. coli, and pneumonia. Fresno Superior Court documents indicate that mice were involved in these experiments with COVID-19. The lab apparently illegally disposed of medical waste, and it's believed it went to the landfill. This can't be confirmed because the operators of the lab have not been forthcoming. Now, questions that must be answered and the public has a right to know. One, is this company from China? And or is it sponsored by the Chinese government? What was the purpose and goals of their experimenting with COVID-19 and having mice catch and carry the disease? What were they doing with all the bacterial and viral infectious agents found at the illegal lab? Two, are the people that were running and operating this lab Chinese nationals or American citizens? If they're not American citizens, are they here illegally? Three, and most importantly, why wasn't the public informed of this illegal lab and what was found? The Fresno County Department of Public Health, public health, has an obligation to notify the public of potential dangers, both past and present. During the COVID pandemic, their medical officer held weekly press conferences justifying ineffective, destructive lockdowns and mandates, and yet not even an acknowledgement to the public of the illegal and potentially dangerous activities at the lab. 
So he spent a week having the media come, telling the public things that were not true, supporting all of the tyrannical, destructive things that were taking place in our city, our county, our state, our nation. And then when a lab related to COVID-19 is found five months ago, no word. No word from him, no word from the public health department, no word from the Board of Supervisors. Number four, the Board of Supervisors are also silent. This is similar to the crisis when foster children were found to be sleeping on floors in offices. They only addressed it when they were forced to because it became public through the media. This is disgraceful and represents a willful decision to hide from and shirk their duties as elected representatives of, guess what? The public. They're responsible to the public. These same Board of Supervisors were derelict in the responsibilities to the public during the pandemic. They were silent and complicit with all of Governor Newsom's destructive, unscientific lockdowns, mandates, and forcing kids out of school for two years. It goes on. It's a 20-minute long press conference, but uh, there you go. Again, a lot of revealing information. Shocking to some, I'm sure, but that can't be the only biolab that exists in the United States. And it's certainly not the only Chinese-linked one that probably exists in California. So I'm sure we're hearing of some of them. Others we're probably not hearing of. Maybe some of them are being destroyed by the military without our knowledge, depending on the levels of seriousness. But that's uh that's something that's continuing to occur. There is also this. Again, you got to hand it to these people when they're all in lockstep with one another, you know that they're lying about something and they're certainly lying about this. This is titled uh UK United Kingdom unveils new pandemic vaccine research center. And they're calling this uh new unknown illness disease X. And almost every single hard left-wing outlet covered this story. So I'm going to start with Sky News. Again, I'm just going to read down this massive list here. It says Sky News, and the headline was this. Disease X, quote-unquote, UK scientists begin developing vaccine against new pandemic. The Guardian, new vaccine research center in UK to help scientists prepare for disease X. The Independent. UK's newly launched vaccine center to help bolster pandemic preparedness. This is ITVX. I don't even know what the hell that is. Um, yeah, here we go. Headline. Inside new vaccine center where scientists work to fend off disease X. The Times. Vaccines against disease X. From lab to jab in 100 days. The Telegraph. New vaccine facility revealed at Porton Down. It says more than 200 scientists will be housed in the new center developing vaccines for bird flu, monkeypox, and Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever. The Mirror. It says inside new super laboratory built to protect UK from disease X global pandemic. If you don't think there's a lockdown coming, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, you know, you're out to lunch. I think there's one coming and I think this is it. 
Here's another one from the Daily Mail. British scientists are primed to create the new pandemic vaccine in 100 days as super lab uh, port, port and down develop, it says. Here's another one from iNews. Inside the top secret vaccine lab working to beat a bird flu pandemic and disease X. It keeps going. Yahoo Finance. What is disease X? UK scientists begin work on vaccine for new pandemic. Here's Yahoo News UK. Disease X, UK vaccine facility preparing for the next pandemic, including bird flu and monkeypox. This is from National World. What is Disease X? New future pandemic virus explained. Uh, This is from the evening standard. What is Disease X? Scientists begin work on a vaccine for new pandemic. Here's the Huffington Post UK. What is disease X and why are UK scientists preparing for it? Uh, It just keeps going on and on. Lately, LY, India Times, Senator uh, Thorne Tillis, Republic World, and The Sun. Inside secret new super lab working to stop disease X pandemic in its tracks with life-saving vaccine, blah, 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 blah. When they all do this in lockstep, they're priming the public to get used to it. We, we know this, but there are endless people who don't. They're just priming the normalization of the insanity. So is the UK in specific going to have some kind of a lockdown in the future? I'd, I'd almost guarantee it. Guarantee it. Question is, is what's going to happen after that? And who's going to put up with it? This is going to be the interesting part. And this is, uh, again, it brings in a serious question as to what role is the United States military going to have in foreign countries regarding what foreign countries attempt to do to their own people? I mean, you talk about a world war. That's certainly it. But if it's us liberating everybody from the globalists, that's a war I can get behind. I'm all for that. There was also a report that came out with the UK, again, shouldn't shock anybody, that 94 whatever it was, it was in the 90% range of all of the individuals who quote-unquote died of COVID had at least two vaccines, two COVID vaccines. Strange that those are the people that continue to die. It's not the people that didn't wear the mask, they're fine. It's not the people that didn't take the shots, they're, they're fine. It's the people who, again, wore the mask, took the shots, bought the lie, they're the ones that are uh, that are not having a great time and a, and a great go of things. So, again, this information continues to come out, and it, it's you know it's it's just going to be it's just it's par for the course at this stage of the game. It's par for the course. Um, there was this too, which was disturbing, and I don't have a lot of information on this. But if you're familiar with Karen Kingston, I've certainly brought her up on my show. She has a Substack. And a message was put out on her Substack the other day where she was allegedly, I'm assuming it was her, although it's hard to know these days, that she was alleging that her son had been kidnapped and her mother was missing also, or that both of them were missing. What was interesting about Karen Kingston's message, if she in fact was the person who wrote it, is that it was loaded with typos. And that's very unlike. Karen Kingston. She's uh, she's thorough, which brings into question, again, as people were asking online later on, and even AJ Gochuk brought this to my attention, but whether or not Karen Kingston herself is missing now and people can't get a hold of her, which apparently is the case, 
and whether or not she's even been poisoned herself. Again, used to work for the pharmaceutical industry and analyzing their legal documents and putting them together. And then, of course, she's been out there telling everybody what's in these legal documents and how it is, in fact, a defined and categorized biological weapon. In fact, here's the exact text message that AJ sent me. He said, a friend of mine uh, in our three-person chat group sent this out today about Karen Kingston and her whereabouts. Uh, It said, quote, okay, this is quite disturbing, but Karen Kingston has been missing or out of contact for a week. One of my friends who has her cell phone number uh, said that it rang and went straight to voicemail, which of course was full. There's a very weird post on her substack, the one that I just referenced. Uh, It's either her as a poisoned person and potentially captive or it's AI. And we wouldn't know if she were alive or dead. It's super, super creepy. Nobody knows anything more right now, unquote. And I told him to keep me in contact, of course. But um, I watched Stu Peters the other night and he made no mention of it either. So it's hard to know. Here here on Tuesday night, he, he might make some mention of it. And you would think that he would because she's a guest on Stu Peters' show with regularity, which by the way, I actually want to compliment Stu Peters on something. He's, he seems to be coming around. He seems to be shaking off some of the dust a little bit. He's still in the nothing is happening. There's no military operation taking place camp, which is too bad. I think he'll come around on that eventually. But the guy actually said the word Zionist on his platform the other night. And I thought, hello, there we go. Good for him. Good for him. And again, he's calling out numerous individuals that are committing crimes with regularity, as you might expect, and and a thousand other things. But um, he's coming around, which is kind of nice. So either way, I wanted to bring that to your attention too. Prayers to Karen Kingston, wherever she is. Hopefully she's not missing, but this one is odd. And again, we know that the enemy wants to take people out, which is uh, an ongoing thing and an ongoing problem. Again, there is also this, not to be too repetitive here, but this is from AmericaFirstReport.com. It is titled, ICYMI, Authorities Confirm That COVID-19 Vaccines, quote-unquote, Can Weaken the Immune System, and they named the condition Long Vax. So it's gone from being Long COVID to now Long Vax. Well, that would imply then that it's the vaccine, bioweapon, that's destroyed people's immune systems and their innate immune system. Yes, that is correct. They even have a subsection here, COVID-19 vaccine-induced AIDS. It's undeniable, absolutely undeniable. In fact, you heard Terry and I briefly talking about Dr. Anna Malasia, if I'm saying her name right, and um, and she specifically recommended EDTA and even taking high doses of vitamin C in order to rid the body of, of some of these metals, so, so they recommend. Terry recommended um, EDTA as a suppository because that way it bypasses the liver and it gets into your bloodstream quicker. The, the only danger with that, as there are numerous videos that highlight the danger, is that you have to replenish the body of the good metals that it has in it, like magnesium, zinc, iron, things of that nature. Um, 
again, I, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not going to say take EDTA if you're interested in, in getting rid of these metals or not. I would say make sure you are careful and you do your own research. But if you're interested in that suppository over-the-counter website where you can purchase it, it is in the description below of that episode of the last episode where we had our conversation. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to still bring that to your attention because I know there were, I was receiving some emails about EDTA and what it means and what it does. And again, if you want to get a lot of metals out of your system, a lot of leafy vegetables and green vegetables is really the way to do it also. But as Dr. Anna Malacia says, you can also high dose vitamin C as well. And that will essentially have the same, uh, the same kind of effect. Regarding these nanoparticles, though, you know, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I think time is going to tell on that one. But here's what I do know, and this is, this is happening right now as I'm, as I'm talking to you. This is from Mike Eden's Telegram channel via Children's Health Defense, that the CDC and pharma giants are angling up for annual COVID shots despite unclear science. It says that a, that a U.S. House committee investigating the pandemic last week, there was no pandemic, but whatever, asked the new director of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention for documents related to plans the agency may recommend annual COVID-19 shots, as medical experts told the Defender. You heard me say it months ago, ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the shot rollout that's going to take place here over the coming months is going to be the likes of which we have never seen. It's going to be all of them, the flu shot, the RSV, the COVID jabs, all of them. They got to get as many people to take these as humanly possible because they know what they're doing to people and they don't want us around anymore. So keep that in mind. I'm going to end it there, ladies and gentlemen. I got to go vote. Have a great one. I will catch you on Friday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.